Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. We got a big turnaround Tuesday for our markets today after yesterday's sell-off to kick off the week on Omicron fears, like we heard about much last week as well. And then yesterday, that continued as people started speculating about what Biden would talk about for the Omicron news. Well, today, we did get the reverse reaction. As we said here from day one on our podcast, Omicron, like we saw from the data out of South Africa, and what we know about how viruses mutate, that it is maybe more transmissible, but also less deadly. And Wall Street has started to come to grips with that, right? Leading up to Biden's speech today, a lot of people on Wall Street, a lot of investors were worried that there could be something negative said that sends the market lower on, you know, fears of Omicron, thinking about, you know, some form of lockdown or vaccine mandates to travel on airlines, that kind of thing. But Today, those worries were lifted. Uh, as Wayne Allen Root said last night on his show, you know, yeah, these people may not be the best, may just basically human garbage, but they still wouldn't do that during Christmas time. And he nailed it on that for sure. So our markets came to grips today. Uh, it seemed like, at least for this turnaround Tuesday, with how they're going to be dealing with the Omicron variant. Uh, but as I'll talk about here more in a minute, we want to see this continue tomorrow. We don't want to see this be a one-off rally here today, kind of a rip on, on uh, you know, on what is otherwise a trending downwards market. So I've got a lot to dive into on all of that here today, and I'll get to it here in a second. But first off, a little bit more about the presser today. You know, really, as Kim tweeted about yesterday, our motivator in chief here, really watching his press conference is such a downer. Um, you know, whispers through all of it, talks to you like this, tries to make you feel good. That's <laughs> just not how it comes across, though. It, it very, very much so comes across as insulting, tired. Uh, it, it is, it is depressing. And listening to some of Kip's stories about it and uh, some older friends of mine, it sounds a lot like what many of you experienced in. Uh, the Jimmy Carter years, uh, a, a slow, tired pace, fireside chat uh, type of feel. Very different from what we had under the Trump presidency, where it was excited, rallies, people waving flags, you know, shouting um, happily, right? Uh, very different. But overall, the message was more positive than the rhetoric they've been putting out lately that if you're unvaccinated, it's going to be a winter of depression and death. Now, don't get me wrong, it still didn't come across as positive towards the unvaccinated in this piece today, and it certainly was just more vaccine and mask propaganda by announcing that there will be more pop-up vaccination clinics to get people their booster shots. And even though you've been vaccinated, the safest thing you can do is to wear a mask because these vaccines are just so incredible. Uh, Biden also appealing to parents to get their children vaccinated, despite the fact that, well, one, like I just said, the Omicron variant is less deadly, but the virus itself, for anybody under the age of 55, you have a 99 point, like eight, nine 
percent chance of survival. So you're already looking at a virus that really affects so few of the population and we want to give this to kids who are even at less risk than that. That's like a 99.9 for sure survival rate. Uh, but that being said, you know our view here. At the end of the day, it is your body, your choice. But do you really want to be a guinea pig for these vaccine trials that are happening now? Where is the data uh, about the efficacy of what the third booster shot does, about what a fourth booster shot does, or fifth booster shot does. Because based off of what real data scientists are looking at, and real doctors are looking at, and whether it's you know Israel or other countries that have the highest vaccination rates in the world, still have massive case counts. So really, being a guinea pig for this has little to no appeal here. That's just not a risk that I would be willing to take. I know a lot of you here feel the same way. And whether you're vaccinated or not, like you said, your body, your choice. But at the end of the day, I'm not in for being a guinea pig for this. I just had a conversation over the weekend uh, with a few friends of mine who just had their booster shot. They know that I'm not vaccinated. Didn't seem like they were going to try to encourage me to get it either because they said they were sick for three days after getting their booster, like don't make any plans. If you plan on getting it uh, to another, they were saying that to another friend of mine, considering getting the booster. Why on earth would I get a vaccine that makes me sick when I've been going around for the last two years, maskless and vaccineless and haven't gotten sick. Uh, I'm just saying it right now. It's not going to happen. As you know, we live here in Texas Coronavirus insanity is over. In Florida, it's over. It's time for the rest of the country and the rest of the world to join us here in the, in this fight. Just stop paying attention to it, folks. Stop complying. Um, you know, the fact that I even still see it online blows my mind sometimes. I just kind of tone it out. Uh, and then, you know, hear some, like Biden's speech today, it brings it back into, into the life and, you know, brings back the fear porn to everybody. Um that is so much of what this is. Like we've talked about here so many times, this is the best thing that ever happened to so many people who weren't doing any things with their life. Uh, but by staying at home felt like they could be a part of the solution. They don't want that to end. The bureaucrats don't want it to end. This is the best thing that ever happened to Anthony Fauci. Uh, so he never wants this to end. You can get, I can guarantee you the democratic party doesn't want it to end because they won. They win by mail-in ballots. They win by voter fraud that, some coronavirus insanity policies have made even easier. But at the end of the day, the market, getting to the main point of this whole podcast, the market's caught on to this some time ago. Even though we've just had a, a you know a good size sell-off for our markets, we're still up considerably in 2021. Going back to the coronavirus insanity lows, the market caught on long ago that this thing has a high survival rate, and the only thing that's going to derail our market is lockdowns. That is it. Otherwise, this economy is going to keep chugging forward, uh, even under the Biden administration. Yes, we've talked about slowing economic growth. That doesn't mean negative growth, though. Just slower. Third term of Obama, where the stock market did great. So that's what we have to look forward to here. Uh, you know, just keep putting our nose to the grindstone, doing our work, ignoring this administration as much as possible, uh, and 
taking care of ourselves and our communities out here. Um, but again, the markets caught on to this. They knew that after it was kind of clear as probably some of this stuff from his press today was leaked last night. Some of it certainly was that he was going to be talking about more testing uh, and more vaccinations, but no lockdown. So once that news started to get leaked out, there was a big sigh of relief from the market today. It's certainly what it felt like. Uh, and then as soon as Biden started speaking and that became a fact, the markets continued to head higher afterwards as well. Uh, so again, that's what we want to see. We don't want to see this just be a one-off type of day. Of course, it helps here that we're entering the heart of the most bullish time of the year to be in the markets. You've heard us talk about this a lot leading up to this point. Leading up to the Santa Claus rally, which is the last five days of the year and the first two days of the following year. That is the best seven-day stretch for the markets. But also, check this out today. Today started the best 11-day stretch for the year. That is the longest best streak historically for the markets. This 11-day period from now until the first few days of next year as well. So, We've been continuing to call for a year-end rally. Like I said, we don't want to see this be a one-off type of day. Markets is The markets are set up perfectly for a big year-end rally. Great, great Christmas for everybody. Uh, we'd love to see that. Let's make it all a fantastic one, no matter what, though, today. Uh, also, though, in today's notes, I noticed that our defensive sectors were the ones that sold off today. So it was good to see. It wasn't just the the rally everything type of days or sell off everything type of days that we've seen a lot of lately. The defensives were our laggards on the day today. So that's a trend we want to see continue as well and start to continue to see leadership from areas like energy, tech, the semis, and housing, of course, as well. Although real estate can be a little bit more of a defensive sector too. So let's take a look. At our major indexes on the day today, small caps led the way. Uh, good to see them leading here because they're right up against levels, support levels that have held going back to March of this year for the for the small caps. They've sold off much more than our other major indexes here. Still, even after today's nearly three percent rally, almost down ten percent from their recent highs. Probably almost exactly right at that. And they are below their 200-day moving average, so they still have some work to do here. But we are at oversold conditions here still. So with that in mind, we're at a perfect setup for this market to continue rallying from here. Like I said, we want to see it continue across the board. We were followed there by tech up 2.4% to 15,341. And I think I don't think I said the numbers on the Russell 2000. Like I said, up nearly 3% to 2,202. And third here was the S&P 500 up 1.78% to 4,649. And lastly, the Dow up 1.6% to 35,000. 492. Again, we're looking to tomorrow as a very important tell here to make sure today wasn't just a, a one-off, but as we enter this incredibly bullish time of the year, uh, we think we're going to finish the year strong. Looking at our internals on the day today, much better readings here. Advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks, nearly four and a half to one positive on the NYSE and over three to one positive for the NASDAQ as well. New 52-week highs to lows were our one laggard on the day. 
Uh, but as we talk about here often, this indicator has been so heavily distorted. You know, hate to rationalize the data, but with the SPACs reporting three times, it's, t- it's tough to tell. And so we didn't get massive numbers of fresh 52-week lows today like we've seen over the last few sessions. But we did, did still come back negative here for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ on the day. NASDAQ a little worse than the NYSE. And then lastly, volume coming in positive for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ today. NYSE volume coming in at about 87% up volume on the day, just shy of that 90% technical level that a lot of technicians look for to be considered a bullish thrust, which is a very bullish indicator of things to come. Uh, So to get another 80% plus upside volume day tomorrow uh, would be a big tell for us here as well. Looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with nine out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. Energy led the way. Oil was up big today. We were followed there by tech. So good to see. Again, we want to see tech leading the way. And more importantly, you want to see semis leading tech. And semis certainly did that today. Led everything up a big 3.6% for SMH, the semiconductor ETF. We want to see that trend continue here as well. The semis have really held up well in this recent market sell-off. I think at the lows, uh, they were down, I mean, I mean, much better than our major indexes were. Uh, still have some work to do to get back to an all-time high, but really... They're back above their 50-day moving average, back above now their other shorter-term moving averages. Uh, So held up really nicely, uh, which keeps us so bullish on this market. Now we're at oversold conditions on some of our VRA momentum oscillators. This is a time we look for semis to rally here as well. So after tech, it was consumer discretionary, financials, and industrials. And our two laggards on the day were utilities and consumer staples. Utilities. Uh, as the biggest borrowers in the nation, usually falling when bonds are rallying. And we've gotten back-to-back days now. The 10-year up pretty good. Up again today, 4.72%. Still just at a 1.48. So again, nothing to write home about there. And finally for today, our VRA Commodity Watch. Gold now down three-tenths of 1% to 1,789 an ounce. A little bit of a pattern change here, though, as the gold miners did finish up on the day. That's what you want to see from this group. You want to see the miners leading the way. So if we can continue to see the miners start to rally, we could look for some life to come back into this group, kind of hanging out uh, near some lows still. Gold's been there for a little while. So this is a group we've been bullish on for a long time. want to see this rally here. Silver now up 1.04% on the day to $22.52 an ounce. Copper now up 1.3% to $4.35 an ounce. And oil, as I mentioned earlier, rallying today up right around 4% to $71.37 a barrel. And lastly for today, Bitcoin rallying as well up just less than 4% at 48850 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.